This is Julie Newmar. You are listening to On Screen and Beyond. Now, you remember me as the first Catwoman in Batman, don't cha. If you don't, I'll chase you down. Stay tuned. We're going to have fun. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 63 of On Screen and Beyond. This is the weekly internet show that keeps you updated on the latest on TV and movie DVD releases, the latest on remakes, sequels, and upcoming movies. And each week we bring you a celebrity interview where you can hear the star themselves talk about their career, how they got started, current projects they're involved with. It's all right here on On Screen and Beyond. And I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. And we have a great show for you today. We are going to have Julie Newmar, the woman who started the Catwoman on Batman so long ago. She is a fantastic person. She has uh, been, of course, uh, like I said, on Batman. She was uh, Road of the Robot on My Living Doll with Robert Cummings. Uh, she has uh, been in Little Abner. She's been in all kinds of things. She's a dancer. She now has a website, and she writes, and people can write to her, and all sorts of great stuff. She's going to talk about Batman. She's going to talk about My Living Doll. All those things are coming up on the interview segment of On Screen and Beyond, coming up shortly. So we hope you'll stick around for that. Also want to remind you to check out the website, onscreenandbeyond.com, and you can find out some uh, news that's going on in the entertainment business. And also, of course, we have the uh, top ten movies of the week. It's up there on our first page, and we have all the reruns of our old shows that we've had, all the guests we've had, everybody from uh, Mickey Jones, who was the drummer for Bob Dylan, to uh, Taylor Lautner, who is, of course, in Twilight and was in the first Twilight, Shark Boy, and all those other things he did. Bob Barker, one of the greatest game show hosts that ever was. Lee Majors, the $6 million man. And the list goes on and on and on. And you can find it all right there at On Screen and Beyond. Go to our past uh, reruns. And you can find out and listen to these people talk about their careers. It's a lot of fun. Hope you'll enjoy it. And uh, from all the the thousands of people who are listening every week, we want to thank you all over the world. And we hope that you'll continue to enjoy it. And uh, it's just about time we get on because uh, it is time now for Remake Madness. Coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Well, Remake Madness, the action comedy remake of T.J. Hooker, the 1980s TV show that starred William Shatner, is in the works. And we'll keep you up on, updated on that one. And the, An American Werewolf in London is currently on the chopping block to be remade. The original was a 1981 John Landis movie. And uh, December 17th, 2010 is the current release date for the live-action movie of the Smurfs. Now, that's been bounced around. It was going to be animated, going to be live action, going to be this and that. So we're not sure exactly what's going to end up being. But uh, December 17th, 2010, that's when they're going to tell you and show it to you. And we'll keep you updated on that if anything changes. And Charlie Chan is set to be remade in 2011. This time, it's a little bit of a twist. The granddaughter of the famous detective will be fighting crime. 
that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next, upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming movies on On Screen and Beyond, well, it looks like the rehearsal tapes of Michael Jackson as he prepared for his final tour before his death is going to be made into a movie. No release date has been set as of yet, but you can be sure it's going to be soon. And on January 2010, that's the tentative release date of Tooth Fairy. And um, it stars Dwayne Johnson and Ashley Judd, Julie Andrews, and Billy Crystal. It's about a tough minor league hockey player who <laughs> does a bad deed and is sentenced to a week of being a real-life tooth fairy. All right, And Blue Sky Studios, who brought us the Ice Age movies, is working on a new animated film called Rio, set to come out in 2011. It's about a nerdy macaw from Minnesota who goes off on an adventure in Rio de Janeiro. And that's about it for upcoming movies. Sequels, taking you down to Sequel City next on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, Major League Four may be heading our way. The original starred Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, uh, Tom Berenger, and Corbin Burnson. And no word as of yet uh, if any of them are going to return out uh, return on this time around. And July 7th, 2010, is the projected release of Predators, a sequel to the Predator movies. And it is currently listed as in development. iRobot 2 is in development from Fox, currently in the scripting stage. And there's no release date yet set on that one. And Cedric the Entertainer will be bringing us The Johnson Family Vacation 2. In 2010, it continues the misadventures of the Johnson family on vacation once again. That's about it for sequels. Coming up next, TV on DVD. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. TV DVD, look for Leverage Season 1, starring Timothy Hutton and Gina Bellman. It arrives on DVD on July 14th, as does ER, the 11th season. And July 14th will also bring us Flash Gordon, the complete series, which uh, played on the Sci-Fi Channel. And look for the Red Skelton show, America's Clown Prince, to come your way also on July 14th. So a lot of stuff coming out this week. And that's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next... Movies on DVD from On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD coming up on July 14th. Look for The Haunting in Connecticut, starring Kyle Gallner and Amanda Crew to hit the stores. And July 14th also will bring us Horseman, starring Dennis Quaid as a police detective looking for a serial killer. And on July 28th, Dragon Ball Evolution. Starring Justin Chatwin, comes to DVD. That's about it now for Movies on DVD. Coming up next, we have the original Catwoman from the Batman 60s TV show, the classic with Adam West. It's Julie Newmar. 
She's going to be here to talk about that, of course, Batman and her being Catwoman. Talks about her costume and all sorts of interesting stuff. And she's also going to talk about My Living Doll, which is a show she did before Batman. And it's a classic with Robert Cummings. And that's all coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. So we hope you'll just sit back, relax for a perfect Catwoman episode of On Screen and Beyond. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond has been on Broadway, won a Tony Award, appeared in many movies, and has been in numerous TV shows such as My Living Doll, Star Trek, and renowned for her role as the original Catwoman in the classic 60s TV show Batman. It's Julie Newmar. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, Julie. Oh, thank you, Brian. You won't ask me to meow, will you? <laughs> if you, you can do anything you want. Oh, dear. <laughs> do you get people asking you to do that? Well, you, you, you have to say what kind of cat you, you'd like me to be. But Catwoman was and is, I think, will always be one of the most cherished roles for any female. Because uh, it is in real life. To dress up in black, well... And put on high heels, you immediately lose 10 pounds. So you feel sleek, you feel, you know, you feel kind of secret, you can, can scatter around and, and, and play havoc in the neighborhood. <laughs> well, um, we've got so much to talk about. Um, you know, you've done so much movies, theater, TV, and, and inventing and, and all that. But before we get into those areas... Um, I was just curious about um, your your new ventures. Uh, you've been branching out into writing, and you have a website, julienewmarwrites.com. Uh, you know me... why I do this, Brian? Why? Because I don't dance anymore. <laughs> and here's the computer, here's my desk, my beautiful garden, and, I, and it's as if I can dance. My stage is the Internet. Hmm. So I... I've always loved writing, and I write stories, and it's um, you can read them on julienewmarwrites.com, or if you want to see pictures, you'd go on julienewmar.com, it's the regular website. Mm-hmm. I even have t-shirts with the Catwoman logo. So, oh, really? Oh, they are adorable. <laughs> Just go to julienewmar.com, then go to the shop. Everybody knows how to do that. And just click, and then there it is. Wow. Oh, that's great. Now, um, with the julienumarwrites.com, I was looking over the, the site, and um, do you also ask people to send in stories to you? Oh, yes. Um, I would love to. Here's what happens. Sometimes when I'm in public and uh, People will walk up to me, men especially, and they'll say, Oh, Miss Newmar, did you know that you were my first turn-on? And, of course, I look very politely back at them in the eyes, and I said, How old were you? And they say, Oh, let's think about it. Four, five. <laughs> Anyways, I have pe- I've started to receive stories, one page, maybe a paragraph, two paragraphs. You can send it to me at Julie Newmar Wright about anybody their first what was the 
sweetest moment in their early life when when someone just gave them their first fantasy about what it would like be like to be with the opposite sex, usually the opposite sex mm-hmm. in most cases, but <clears throat> we accept anything. And I have the most charming stories. So if something has ever occurred to you where when you as a youngster you you saw someone or somebody anything, I would love to have your story. Hmm. Now, do most of the ones you get uh, relate to you, or, or are they all different things? I encourage people not to write about me, because I don't want a book to be about me. And by the way, this eventually will be in a book. It's kind of like the chicken soup books, you know, mm-hmm. how to feel better about things or uh, how to do anything. But it is the stories I've received are so charming. So come on, sit down. Type out on your, at your computer and send me a, a lovely story, julienumarwrites.com. You click right into it, send it to me, and I will give you credit. Yeah. Well, I'll also put a link on our site so mm-hmm. people can, you know, once they hear the show, they can go right over there and do that. That would be, be fun. Thank you. Yeah. Now, were you always interested? Now, what secrets can I give you? <laughs> what do you need to know about assassins and all that fun and and having a great life and being successful and all that stuff. Well, um, have you always been interested in writing or is it just something that's come, you know, over the past, you know, few years? No, you know how writing works for me? It's it's that yellow pad I I problem solve. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you can't think things. Your brain keeps coming up with this same automatic responses but for some reason when you sit down with a pencil or pen in hand and you write let's say you have a goal or you have a problem or you have something you want to solve or somewhere you want to get to you just put it up there as the title and then you just kind of breathe easy and you just things come to you and you slowly write out what might be a solution or a way out of the problem or a desire or something that you have. And somehow or other, the secret comes down through your arm into your hand through some space. Mm-hmm. I don't know, your gut, your, your beyond your imagination, and kind of tells you what to do. And the first book I ever wrote was a book like that. It was a how-to book. Mm-hmm. It, and as a matter of fact, I called it your very last how-to book <laughs> and um, it's, it, it tells you how to get out of this problem or what to do about this or you know, it has any, anything and everything you want to solve it's in that, uh, in that book, first book of mine which is also available on my website julienumar.com oh, yeah. it's my e-book mm-hmm. but it has a new title which I like even more it's called The Conscious Cap Woman Explains Life on Earth. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, don't you think I know everything? Don't <laughs> cats know everything? <laughs> we look like we do. Right, Secrets. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, uh, as, par- as far as um, your acting career, uh, did you always want to be an actress in your early years when you were growing up, or is it something that just... Nope. No, I didn't know 
I wanted to be a dancer. Oh, okay. And I, I was, and that was my favorite career of all my six careers, was dancing. Because I studied all over the world, every kind of dancing. And when I was 19 years old, I was the head choreographer at Universal Studios. Oh. And I used to have people, actors that were under contract there. They would come and take my dance class. And I could teach them any kind of dance that there was. In the 18th century, 19th century, tangos, this, whatever it is. I'd studied everything. So my background is as a dancer. And I think that was the secret of why um, my Catwoman had a special sort of um, significance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did um, were you influenced by your mother because your mother was a, was a dancer? Oh, yes. My darling mother was a Siegfried Follies girl mm-hmm. back in the 20s. That was the if you wanted to be the most beautiful girl in the world, you probably, you probably worked for the famous Florence Siegfeld. And um, there's a book called um, Jazz Age Beauties. And it's all about that time in the 1920s and this famous photographer, Alfred Ginny Johnston, took pictures of my mother and all the beautiful girls in the Siegfeld Follies some of them dégagé, which means you don't have all your clothes on. Mm-hmm. But they're very, very beautiful. They're art pieces. They're yeah. really jazz age beauties, it's called. You can get it on the, um, what do you call it, the Internet there. Um, Isn't technology yeah. great? <laughs> well, you order books. Order books. Yeah. And so my mother wanted me to be in the theater, and it, it is, I think, my life worked out perfect, perfectly, perfectly. <laughs> now, uh, in your early years, you were part of the musical uh, history in movies as, par- as part of uh, starring in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers in 1954. Oh, yes. This is an all-time best, all-time great musical. Oh, yes. It, it will never age. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, beautiful wonderful story for children love it people play it over and over again it's one of the it's one of the top 50 great musicals of all time oh yeah fun movie Mm -hmm. it's a lovely story you should see it buy it for your children how did you come about getting that role I auditioned you did like anybody else Mm -hmm. but I was a lot taller than the other girl dancers so I danced with bent knees. I also danced with bent knees when I danced with Fred Astaire. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, um, I, I had a long dress on, and it's just a short kind of a walk-through thing. And it was in a movie of his. I can't even remember the name. Um, yeah, I had the pleasure of dancing with Fred Astaire. That must have been quite a thrill. It was. I can imagine. It was fast. Jeez. Don't blink. <laughs> Now, how was it working on Seven Brides and Seven Brothers with Jane Powell and Howard Keel? And, of course, Howard went on to star in Dallas in the 80s. Oh, yes. Well, the, um, Michael Kidd was the choreographer. He's a great name in musicals. And we had five weeks of rehearsal to do these, or maybe seven numbers. And there was a, a great a number of 
called the barn raising scene, which uh, the entire barn was built up, all the woodwork on it, you know, the mm-hmm. framing of it. And the guys put it up to very lusty musical. I mean, these are lusty guys dancing. Let me, you better believe it. So they built up this this barn and they got the framework up there, you know, all around there. And then they get into a fight. And this is in the middle of the dance. And I, somebody knocks somebody over and then someone else. And then the whole thing collapses in on itself and raises havoc. So that's why this this musical is really so popular with people. They love seeing that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Jumping off roofs, and, and one of the guys does backflips on, um, what do you call those, those saw boards, you know. Very dangerous. Mm. You could lose your better parts <laughs> trying to do, you know, dance moves like that. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, that's when they didn't have all special effects doing these things. The people were actually doing these things, right? Right. You know, it's where you put the camera. Mm-hmm. When you put the camera down low, then your legs look great, and the dancers look like they're flying through the air. Of course, they are. And um, it's, it's everything is choreographed, I think. Camera, uh, it's, it's a fabulous musical. Yeah. Now, a few years later, in 59, you also starred in uh, Little Abner. As stupefying yeah. Jones? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was that My part lasted two minutes. Really? Maybe not even that long. And I wore this, um, well, um, not much, but it, it had two layers of stocking material and about three patches of black velvet, and, and that was it. And these long mesh stockings and high heels, of course. I'm always wearing high heels. <clears throat> And I'm supposed to, I come on stage, and I'm supposed to stop all the boys in their tracks so that the girls can catch them, mm-hmm. and it's Sadie Hawkins Day, and then they can marry them. You know, story, Al Cap, and, and cartoons, the yeah. Little Abner cartoons. So that's what that was about. And you know what? I did this same part on Broadway 42 years later in the same costume. Wow. Wow. Now, I was amazed because I recently saw a picture of you in 2001 mm-hmm. that was on the internet mm-hmm. and you were wearing your uh, Catwoman suit and you looked as fantastic in 2001 as you did in 67. I mean, it was amazing. Oh, you know where that suit is? The Catwoman uh, outfit is now? It's, it's in the Smithsonian Museum. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. yep. You huh. can go and see it there. It's uh, in the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. The Smithsonian has 19 buildings, so don't get lost. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, now you were inducted into uh, uh, a special tribute and uh, the Smithsonian, uh-huh. weren't you? Yes, they did make a, a big hurrah about it last year. It, it was the opening of their very first Hollywood collection. Mm-hmm. So um, Lucille Ball's things are there and other people and, and all objects and clothing and yeah. that was 
famous, made famous on television series. You'll see it all there at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. Go there. It's nice and hot in the summertime. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> yes, that, that, that's uh, going to be quite a display, I'm sure. <laughs> now, at the same time as Little Abner, you were also uh, on Broadway, of course, and you won a Tony Award for your role in The Marriage Go-Round. Yeah, that was my first acting part. I was 24 years old, and they selected me to play a tall Swede. Well, my grandmother was Swedish, but I had to audition for Charles Boyer, who was a famous, mm. very yeah. romantic leading man in films in, in those days, mm. and Claudette Colbert. And it, Marriage Go Round turned out to be quite a success. It played on Broadway for a whole year, close to standing room only, only because Charles Boyer had a movie commitment. Uh. Those were interesting days. You should have seen who came backstage to see us. There were uh, there were presidents who would come backstage because these people were very big in the film industry. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Now, do you prefer live theater over movies oh, yeah. and TV? I think all actors do because we're we're more in charge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They're not going to cut your piece out, you know, as you're playing <laughs> it midstream. There, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to wait a year to see it. And then you have that fabulous audience, and they, they laugh or they don't. And, and you know right away if uh, what what you're doing is working. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful, such a heartwarming exchange. Theater is, is, is that's your basis. Now, when you do theater, um, yes. it was interesting. I, I was talking to Carol Channing a couple of weeks ago. Oh, Carol! Yes. <laughs> Carol Channing? Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was saying that she is, even now, when she goes on stage mm-hmm. in theater, she's always nervous. Um, are you nervous when you go on? Because she says she's always worried that, even though she's done, a, 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 a like, Hello, Dolly, you know, how mm-hmm. many times, mm-hmm. she's always worried that this show somebody won't get it. Now, do you feel that same well, way? God bless her. She, she's right about that. Two things about n- nervousness. You're nervous because you want to get it right. Mm-hmm. In order to get it right, you have to do all the pre-work. You have to get all your details in order. You have to do all your homework so that when you finally walk on stage, you just think the word love, 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 love. And then all your pores open up, and and you're right there with the people. You're not against them in the state of fear. Mm-hmm. So nervousness is a no-no, but y- you'll overcome it yeah. through conscientious preparation. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then just and once you get on stage, it's like getting into an airplane. Don't you know when you're off on a trip? Then you relax and right. and, you, and everything is is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in 1964 and 65, mm-hmm. you starred in what actually was a favorite of mine, My Living Doll. Oh, we, I love you for saying that. <laughs> it was such a fun show. Um, a, it, it was really, it set a standard for a lot of shows like uh, I Dream of Jeannie. Yes. And it's essentially the woman who'll do anything for the man, mm-hmm. or he's... She is his dream object, yeah. <laughs> you see, and it was well-written, it was funny, it was very good, Bob Cummings was in it. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I think they've just found all the shows. They've, they've never been put together before, 
but we hope within a year they will package it and we can put it out um, as a, they do other shows. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's incredible. Um, it, it was probably the highlight of my career because it included all the things that I could do, such as play the piano, the ballet dancing, the, all the things that I had um, gone to school to learn. Yeah. You know, they incorporated all my talents. And it was, I was just amazed. I mean, I was young, but I, I, I was amazed. You, you played a, a robot so well, you know, the way you did it. It, it, mm. it, it, it was convincing. <laughs> you know that's the, the most difficult part of my career, because think about it. How do you play a robot? Right. I mean, you can copy something that looks like a piece of machinery, but it's not going to feel good. It's not really going to work because in order to make something come alive so that people will, will be interested, mm-hmm. it has to come from the inside out. Yeah. It took me about 13 weeks to get to be able to move my body so that I moved it from the inside out mm-hmm. and not just from my head. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just so, so convincing. And, and the, the funny thing is, is that show, I think it had, what, 18 episodes or something like that? 26. Six it episodes. did. Okay, right. it did do twenty six. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's it's, you know, what, was it one season? Two seasons. It did go two seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were up against Bonanza <laughs> on yeah, a Sunday yeah. night. It seems like every show that went up against Bonanza ended up losing. <laughs> well, CBS just kind of threw it away. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. But you, I understand you were nominated for a Golden Globe uh, in '65 yeah. for that role. Yeah. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's great. Yes. We also uh, we're working up, of course, to Batman. But um, one of the other things that you uh, have a big following for is uh, you have a bit of Star Trek history in your resume with a guest starring role on season two uh, on the episode called Friday's Child. Correct? Oh yeah, they dropped me out in the desert, uh, in between some rocks, um, famous rocks outside of California here, and they pretend it's the moon or something. Yeah, and it does <laughs> looks like the moon because rocks stick straight up out of the ground and there I was nine months pregnant squealing and 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 being touched by Dr. what's his name McCoy Hell, <laughs> yes mm-hmm. and there was the great one William Shatner yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh do do people still remember you at at book signings or anything like that from being part of Star Trek oh gosh yes even, Boy, they know more history about that show than I'll ever know. Really? It's amazing what people remember and see and, and have. I, I think it's because they play these over and over again or they, they put out the discs, you know? Mm-hmm. But the stories are good. It's always to do with the writing. I think that was why um, Batman was so successful, because it's written by br- brilliant, very clever writers. At least yeah. my part of the Catwoman was written by the one and only Stanley Ralph Ross. Mm-hmm. And that's the heart of, of show business, really. Is it, it's the writing, it's the story. And if you cast it right, and the producer knows what he's doing, then you, you really have a production that lasts in people's memories. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and your portrayal of Catwoman, of course, is... is something that everybody remembers. I mean, it, you did it so well. And There's one reason for that. 
It's because I was a dancer. Mm-hmm. Because I really, I danced all my life. And it, it made all the difference because then all I had to do was choreograph the words. Yeah. You see. And you always look so graceful in, you know, in the costume that's, and everything. That's being a dancer. Yeah. I think every girl should um, take ballet classes for about three to four years between the ages of eight and nine, ten, eleven, twelve to thirteen, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. so that you, when you go through that transition into puberty, you get this kind of grace of the way to walk into a room. It sounds simple, but it's, it gives you a lot of confidence to oh, be yeah. able to sit down and, and, you know, what to do with your body instead of being herky-jerky. Yeah. It's, I would highly advise mothers to... Mm, ballet is the real thing. That's the real thing. And now, as far as the costume, was mm-hmm. it uncomfortable? Or uh, it, I mean, no, I designed it. Didn't you know I designed it? Oh, I didn't it. know that. But on the other hand, there's a little, there's some elasticity in it, and it was made of material in those days that was called lurex, mm-hmm. and there would be little kind of sapphire blue, shiny, metallic-looking threads running through it. So it was part black and part shiny. You see, so it had that kind of sheen. The light would bounce off the costume and yeah. it fit right and that's the secret See, I, my grandmother taught me how to sew so I took the, the seamstress from the show and the costume designer and I took the costume I put it on the floor I took a piece of chalk and I said now here's where you make the seams and that's why it, it curves around my waist and hips the way it does mm-hmm. secrets girls <laughs> secrets because, I mean, it looked like somebody had sprayed it on you. <laughs> yeah, it melted licorice. And that was good. That was good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you, you say it the way you say it. Uh, now, um, getting you on, on this show, uh, we actually encourage people to send in requests of who they would like to hear from. And somebody actually mm-hmm. did request you. And, of course, I, I was thinking of you anyways, but um, somebody had requested you. And when they sent the email... They wanted me to ask you a question if I ever got you on the show. Okay, who, who, who uh, was the person? I Give don't, them credit. That I don't have. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't have that in front of me. But they wanted to know why you left the show. And, of course, Eartha Kitt you know, took over in the role, and so did Lee Merriweather. But why was it that you had left the show? I didn't leave the show. Uh, Eartha Kitt did it in the second season. And I don't know. You'd have to ask the producers. Okay. <laughs> but they're all dead. Right. <laughs> we'll never have the answer. Oh, well, I guess not. <laughs> now, um, the uh, another thing I was wondering about the show was uh, how did you get the part? Uh, is it something you auditioned for, or what happened there? Who knows how... Uh, you know, the brains think about what they want... Probably because I had done The Living Doll, they'd seen me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they'd seen me as a dancer. I can't guess that, really. So, I mean, uh, it wasn't an open call where they had people no. auditions? Oh. No, no. Oh, no. This is television. They were desperate. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
television is 16 hours a day. Don't you listen. You think you want to be on TV? Mm, 18 hours sometimes. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> mm, they called me on a Friday and sent me this, uh, the script and flew me out from New York. And on Monday, I had the cost of fitting and Tuesday we were shooting. Wow. Were you hesitant at all to take the role or, or did you know well, of I'd the show? I never heard about it. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I lived in New York. I was always going to the theater, the, yeah. you know, concerts, ballet. And my brother was visiting me from Harvard. I told the story a thousand times. And he'd seen the show and he said, listen, you've got to go because we stopped doing whatever we're doing at 3.30 on Wednesday and Thursday, this this show is so hot. <laughs> so go. Yeah. Go. Oh, gee. Um, now, as thinking back of the the Batman show, uh, is there any memorable moments, either you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, that you could share with us? Well, there was some naughty goings on. Like uh, there was a time I was dancing with. Um, 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 Bert Ward, who, mm-hmm. you know, and I was teaching him how to dance, and I was wearing this costume that I made them send up from wardrobe. I said, now get me, make me look like a school mom, long, you know, skirt down above the ankles there, and and, um, and weird-looking wig and, and something like that. And, I, of course, I made, and the shoe's about three, four sizes too big, so I'd make sure I'd step on, it, on his feet, mm-hmm. on his toes. And, of course, I had to pretend that I was a dance teacher in order to get into Wayne Manor. So things like that make it really, really fun to do something beyond yourself, what people, you know, it's normally expected, yeah. to, to, to be a bit off the wall. <clears throat> but I am a natural clown anyway. I'm just kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you were... Um also, you continued on in, in all kinds of TV shows, uh, Love American Style, The Love Boat Ships, Bewitched, uh, McLeod, Get Gosh, Smart, F Troop. good series then. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you were in some classics. I and, know. And, but just a few years ago, you actually were in an episode of According to Jim. And that was a I riot. Knew. That was a riot. How about that? <laughs> he was a good guy. He said, "We're having a fight. I'm inviting you on my show." <laughs> now, so, so that was based somewhat on on oh, actual sure. events, he, right? He took real life and turned it into his wonderful show, and he's been very successful. I think he has six seasons on that. Imagine how rich he is. Smart <laughs> guy. Huh. Yeah. Now, um, I. You know, I want to just tell you that it's been such a joy having you on the show, Julie, and uh, you know, reminiscing with us and everything. And My I, pleasure. I want to remind people to check out JulieNewmarWrites.com and JulieNewmar.com. Yeah, story. Yep. And, yes. Send the story because your first fantasy. Look it up because I tell you how to do it. There's even a sample story there, so it makes it easy for you. Then you can write your own. Yep. Julie Newmar writes. W W with all those W's. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's great. You know, uh-huh. people can can actually you know participate in your site. So oh, that's good. Oh yeah, and get credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. So we'll put a link on our site. Mm-hmm. And um, Julie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk oh, with us. It's a pleasure. And meow. <laughs> 
What a great guest. We want to thank Julie Newmeyer for taking the time to talk to us and giving all this information to us uh, about uh, things she's done and what she's up to now. And if you get a chance and you feel like writing something, Go ahead to Julie Newmeyer Writes, and uh, you know we'll have a link on our website, of course, where you can just uh, click on it and get to her website, and uh, you can send her your story that she's looking for, and uh, it's a uh, could be an interesting thing. So check that out, and once again, thank you, Julie Newmeyer, for taking the time to talk to us. And let's see, we have got some more great guests coming your way next week. We have uh, a. a Really good guests coming your way. And like I say, I, I never tell you because of the fact that uh, something may pop up and I may have to switch who our guest is because uh, something we might get an interview and we have to put it up right off. So sometimes we have to bump people. And I would hate to say, you know, you're going to hear this person next week. Get you all excited about it and then turn around and you come and listen and all of a sudden that person's not there. So, you know, we, we don't do that. We, we will give you the person that we say we're going to have or we're just going to not say anything so you won't get all anticipating to see somebody special and uh, then find out that they've been bumped. So we're going to just keep doing it this way. And we have a, uh, like I say, we have a great guest lined up, but uh, you never know because I have uh, several interviews coming up and uh, they are some great guests and we also have a lot of feelers out for other guests and some of them like i say we may have to pop in and uh, put them up real quick so uh you never know what's going to happen you never know when you might be a person who gets your question asked by one of these celebrities check our website very often because like i say we give you the chance to ask them questions in an email that you can send to us at feedback and on screen and beyond, we'll tell you, like I say, go to the website because at the top we will tell you if we have a, a guest coming up that you can ask a question of. Sometimes we don't get a chance to have you ask these people questions, but sometimes we pop them in. They might be there for a week. They might be there for a couple of days. You never know what's going to happen. So uh, keep checking the site. That's the best way to find out. And uh, we will see what we can do about uh, letting you ask the questions. And also, like we did with um, Mitchell Mitchell Musso, we uh, actually had a listener on the air to ask him some questions. So you never know what's going to happen. We we just, uh, you know, we're flying at the seat of our pants here on this one, and we're just trying to figure out what we can do. And sometimes we can do some things like that, so you never know what's going to happen here on On Screen and Beyond. But until next time, this is Brian saying... Take care.